I'm Jenna. Hello, I'm Gloria. We We are are Worthy Worthy Wellness. Because we are worth it. Our purpose is to introduce women entrepreneurs, products, and services while proceeds help women in need for holistic care and therapy services. Welcome, ladies. Hello, everybody. This is Gloria with Worthy Wellness Podcast. And on today's um, episode for season two, episode four, we'll be interviewing Heather and also my co-host, Jenna. And our topic for today is going to be on caregiving, as this has now become a national issue, or maybe should I say worldwide issue. We have more and more people that are having to care give for our loved ones. And um, I think this is a really important topic that is uh, really necessary in today's society. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce um, Heather. Disclaimer, Heather is my daughter-in-law. So just to let everybody know. And of course, my beautiful co-host, Jenna. Hello, Jenna. Hi. Hi. You guys ready to get some, get the interview going here? Yes. Thank you so much for having this idea and this topic. It's wonderful. Okay, great. Okay. So Heather, my dear, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi. Well, my name is Heather and I'm in my early 40s. I am a mom of three children, ages seven, five, and three. And I am a homeschool mom too, and I um, that takes on a lot of my time. And then I also caregive both my parents. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm also a yoga instructor. Great. And I'm going to ask you this very silly question. Okay. Um, what do you like to do for fun when you have fun? I like anything creative, um, anything like singing, dancing, art, um, music. Those are all my outlets. Definitely. I love that. And I can say that, again, not because she's my daughter-in-law, but she does have a beautiful voice and we do do karaoke. Well, she does. <laughs> and then she's a great yoga instructor. And we have had her uh, instruct our yoga, yoga classes when we do our workshops. So yeah. I'm very grateful to that. But today, uh, really a serious topic here is caregiving, as I have observed Heather with, with, you know, caring for her parents. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about that, you know, how that kind of started, actually, you know, that whole kind of journey that you have started on. Yeah. Well, just to kind of go back a little bit. um, So my mom has post-polio syndrome. So she had polio when she was young. So she's um, been handicapped her whole life. So I think even as a child, there was like an awareness in the back of my mind to be a little bit more mindful of people that had handicaps. So it's something that's just been in my in my mindset. Uh, growing up. And then I'd say the first time that I actually ventured into caregiving was actually for my dad. So I was probably in my early 20s. Um, He had a very rare blood disorder. And he came home from the hospital. And I had to kind of help rehabilitate him back after that. And that was my first paradigm shift of like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm not the child anymore. Um, Like, I'm kind of stepping into that parental caregiver role. Mm-hmm. Um, cause at that time he was in the hospital for like two months. So I took care of him when he came home, but I also took care of my mom, uh, when he was gone. So that was my first glimpse. Mm-hmm. And then, um, right after I married my husband, my grandmother, her health kind of deteriorated and my mom needed help, um, taking care of her. Um, so I kind of stepped in and would check in on her. Um, so that would be my second kind of introduction. And then eventually later on, my dad was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's. So that 
became like a full time, then I was taking care of both parents at that point. So it's been kind of a series that's led me here. So I've had a lot of different experiences mm -hmm. like throughout my my 20s, 30s, and now I'm in my 40s. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, they all look a little bit different each of those situations. So right, I mean, I've I've seen it, yeah. I've witnessed yeah. it, and you know, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. But she does it, Heather does it with a lot of compassion and love and kindness, of course, to her parents and it was her grandmother. But, you know, there's so many people out there right now that are going to be listening to this. Yeah. And really, it's going to resonate with them. Yeah, I hope so. I think like if I had to go through those things and it was wasted, that'd be one thing. But I feel like if I can go through these things and it's something that somebody else can learn from or take hope in, then it's not wasted. Like these these things that happen to us are important. It's important to talk about it and, and to compare stories. And, you know, if it can be beneficial to someone, even better. So so when the when it started with your parents and now you're caregiving for both your parents, right. um, explain to us how you finally just came to realize this is what we need to do as a family, you and your husband and the kids, all kind of, you know, how we're going to do this together and kind of when you yeah. really had to stand back and look at really what was going on and figure out this is going to be best for all of us. Yeah. I think what you're referencing is a situation like, so right now we all live together. Mm -hmm. So um, my husband and I and my three children and my parents, and we actually just bought a new house. that's a little bit bigger. Um, it's going to be more accessible for my parents than it is. Um, so how do we end up in that situation where mm -hmm. we're all kind of living together? Um, I think, that we had lived together before but it was in a smaller home so i'd say right after i had my son my second child he's now five right after he was born um we knew once my dad was diagnosed with parkinson's uh he had been you know he had helped my mom before he he's um, a retired nurse so he has a lot of history in caregiving um we knew that he wasn't going to be able to do everything to the capacity that he used to do to be able to help her so my sister and i kind of had a talk and our families had a talk that hey i think i think we need to move in with them meaning my husband and i at that point um i had charlotte my oldest and i had um i was pregnant um so they moved in with us and it was just the house was too small for our family mm -hmm. so i think We've had a kind of a series of steps in between that, but I think we eventually knew that that was going to be the plan. We knew that we needed to kind of live with them and be able to kind of walk them through um, this journey of their life. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. It does. Because now that you are all under the same roof. Right. Right. Um, it makes it easier for you to go ahead and yes. caregiver because you're all in. Yeah, together. it does. I mean, I think um, when we lived, we lived across the street for them, from them a little bit when, um, when we were still caregiving them. And I always felt like that metaphor of like putting kittens in a basket. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was constantly putting them in and they were getting out. So it was like, I could never really, I couldn't take care of my children the way that I needed to do it. And I couldn't exactly take care of them. I was just kind of doing the best that I could all the time. Mm -hmm. So something about having us all under the same roof, we're all um, a cohesive unit. We're able to help each other in the way that we we can do. So just because they're handicapped, it doesn't mean, or, or my mom's handicapped and my dad has Parkinson's, it doesn't mean that there is no value 
to our family. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, like they help out. There's a lot mm-hmm. of value, even in aging. And mm-hmm. I think I want to encourage a lot of people with that. I think sometimes when we see a diagnosis, we're like, well, that's it. You know, there's what it's going to be all on me, right? you know, to take care of them. When we're living together, we just kind of flow. Like my mom does the things that she can do. My dad does the things that he can do. And then I do the things that, that they can't do. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we work as a unit. So. And I, and I love that because, you know, again, you had to basically just figure it out by yourself, right? Once, because right. that's the other thing that a, pe- a lot of people find that so daunting. Yeah, it is yeah. daunting. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of trial and error. Um, and then sometimes you're just kind of forced into situations where you're like, I just ha- I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is going to look like. We just have to make it through today. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a completely normal feeling. Um, there are a lot of resources out there, but sometimes when you're thrown into it, you don't have time to start sifting around for resources. It's almost like when those hospital visits settle and things like that settle, mm-hmm. um, that's when you can kind of research. So, so yeah. So in this process of you having to be a caregiver for your parents and, you know, um, I witnessed it with my own mother. My sister did a beautiful job, you know, with my mom. But, you know, you become the parent in some, you know, in a lot of circumstances. How do you process that? How did you process that? Um, Well, I think I processed processed it differently with different situations. So, like, Mm -hmm. with my grandma, um, I was younger. I was a little less experienced in caregiving. I was a little less experienced in life. And how I approached her caregiving a lot of times was kind of like in a parental role, like, you know, you kind of take on that role of like, you do what I say, you know, we have to do these things, whether you want to or not, you need to take a shower, you, need, you know, right. Um, I think coming at it now, it's more um, humility, mm-hmm. like um, trying to remember how they feel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, taking on, take, picking and choosing your battles. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are not worth, going down a path with them on and then there's other ways that you can kind of like talk them through certain things so i think compassion like having more compassion and less like um militant with their care right right you have to take your meds at this time i mean all those things are important Mm -hmm. but you can get so uh consumed with that that you lose the compassion in their care right and you know i i saw that with my mom and i see that with you with your folks you know when we're together and and, um, you know, that's, it's daunting, but, you know, you do it with a lot of grace and dignity and you treat your parents with a lot of love and that same grace and dignity. Yeah. Um, so in going through that process of having to do that and figuring that out, when is it that you were able to kind of just, if you were, you know, that time where it's like yeah. you stepped back and said, okay, now what about me? Because I mm-hmm. have a lot here on my plate. Yeah. I think um, having children changed me because they're reliant on me mm-hmm. um, in a different way than my parents are. And they need me to be functioning at my best and they need me to be healthy and they need me to age in a good way. So that way I'm not unhealthy. And as they, as they get older and I get older, they're having to do all these things for me as well. So I think that was my first 
realization that I was like, wow, you know, I have to change some things that I'm doing. This is not healthy for me, whatever it might be. Um, and so I really kind of took a, a couple of steps back and said, okay, I think it's not selfish of me to do some things that I love to do and mm -hmm. to uh, take care of myself in a different way. Um, that's not selfish, but I think it is a common theme with caregivers to think that it is. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I really agree with that. Um, and so when you realize, because it's self-love, it's self-care, right? You know, you have to do that. You can't really function in all that you do or any of us with an yeah. empty cup, right? You know, cause you tip that cup over and nothing spills right. out because yeah. it's empty. Yeah. So, in realizing that, what was the first thing you thought of to do for mm. your self-care? Because that's super important. Yeah, I think um, definitely I recommend a therapist. Like I have a therapist that I work with that I've known for a long time, and she's been a, a wonderful asset. Um, so I'm I'm a huge advocate for that. Like anybody that comes to me, I'm like, go see a therapist, talk to someone. It's someone to kind of help you sort through how you feel without being a part of your family. It's somebody mm -hmm. outside your family. Mm -hmm. um, so I would recommend that. I um, started down the yoga path because I had done it in college. I was a dance major in college. So I knew how it made me feel when I was in college, um, just physically. Mm -hmm. And then revisiting it as an adult, I, there was all these benefits um, as far as you know meditation and just taking time to breathe and I thought wow this is really beneficial so uh when the pandemic hit I was like I'm gonna take advantage of this I'm going to go to yoga school it's a bucket list item what do I have to lose it was like the one time they offered it online because of everything that was happening mm -hmm. and I thought the timing of this is just perfect because there's no way I could go somewhere and do this with three kids two parents that I'm looking after so zooming it was perfect and i i did it in a couple months so that was um huge for me to be able to do um so i'd recommend like yoga or if a dance class or something that you enjoy doing outside of caregiving mm -hmm. definitely like take that on so i think that's it's amazing because you yeah. know we have to fill that cut back up we have yeah. to get re-energize our mind body and soul yeah. you know our spirit right so we can care for everyone else right yeah. you know and so um i've been to many of your yoga classes yeah. <laughs> and you've done your you do a great job thank you yeah. so do you recommend for those listeners that are looking at possibly having to be a caregiver now in the future because it's like i said it's a very very big issue that yeah. we are all facing yeah what was the, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you would recommend if someone's really looking at that? Well, I think that there's a lot of resources through, um, through medical groups. Like I think, um, there's social workers, like if you're really, um, nervous and you're not quite sure a lot of times if you have a loved one that's in the hospital and they're getting ready to discharge them and you're just like, I'm going to take this person home and I have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I recommend getting in touch with a social worker at a hospital and just say, hey, this is the situation. What can you do for me? Like, what resources do you have? I think that's an excellent resource. And then they have where I'm at, I'm involved with the um, Caregiver Resource Center. Mm -hmm. So I go to a support group that's there and it's just for sandwich generation. So it's for people my age that have kids and parents that they're taking care of. And it's like a support group. So I would recommend that. 
um, I would recommend um, finding your, your support group, whatever that looks like, whether it be family. Sometimes there's family that doesn't want to step up. They don't want to do it. Or sometimes um, they are available and they can help you. Like it's all about just reaching out and seeing who's available and who can help. Mm-hmm. So I think always, always reach out for help. Ask. Um, there's a lot of in-home uh, care that's available. There's a lot of facilities too. Mm-hmm. So just looking into all those different options. So. I love that. And yeah. you know, in that segue, I'm gonna, you know, ask Jenna because you know she's also had to care give for a loved one. Yeah. And so she's also has that a little different experience, yeah. but nonetheless, it's still caregiving for a loved one. Oh yeah. And then, you know, with all her profession, what she does for therapy. So Jenna, you know, let's talk about that for a little bit. Most definitely. So I wanted to piggyback off of Heather as far as filling that cut back up. Um, for me, it was really helpful to do Splunkna. It's, it's Christian led therapy. I am a Christian and church is really what helped me because you know, sometimes we can't afford certain things or we might not have medical coverage. So our faith, whatever that is for your spirituality, for me, it was going to a Christian service, joining a rooted group and doing Splunkna, which is also another form of therapy. And just, you know, I'm a business owner and I I tried to integrate, you know, what is a common theme or problem or what do people seek? And the wellness workshops, by me giving that to the community and knowing that there are other people out there that are seeking wellness services, that also helped me too. And I, I just love this podcast, you know, knowing that we are building this community, having people in similar situations and roles, it, it is filling my my heart and my cup back up to to continue on. So I just think everybody here, like for the listeners, for you, Gloria, for Heather, that we're able to touch on these topics that are very, very sensitive. And there's the good, bad, and ugly. (laughs) Um, But from a medical standpoint, unfortunately, caregiving is not always covered through medical insurance. So what I would advise first is to talk to someone about your medical coverage and seeing what kind of plan that could include the caregiving so you don't have that financial hardship if there is that possibility. Another thing is, is just seeking out, like Heather said, there's social workers, there's um, the nurses, the doctors that could help with maybe documentation for family leave or some kind of EDD program um, or the way that you do the forms properly to get that claim approved and to get the funds that were accrued through, you know, your employment. That could be another avenue. Um, What I'm also learning is there's different life policies that have living expenses and that are living benefits and not just a death benefit. So if you have a progressive disease, a chronic illness, a terminal illness, then there are those types of policies that can help with the plan of care for the individual that has that diagnosis and needs um, certain services that maybe the medical coverage will not provide. So you can seek out different policies and plans. Um, And then as far as the diagnosis and when you are caregiving, because I'm an occupational therapist and I work 
in the medical field, I do see different types of diagnosis. So if you have a disease or a condition that allows for that recovery period where you can rehabilitate and you can regain function, regain capacity to be able to be independent or to have maybe minimal assistance, then as a caregiver, what I would advise is to help when is it's needed. So if they could regain, for example, I see patients with stroke. There are some strokes where you're able to recover. You might not regain 100% function, but you could almost get there. So I would say instead of being the caregiver to do all things for the person, you could you can allow them to do the best they can and then step in as needed. So for example, if you're doing a dressing task, then you can allow maybe the one side that is functioning help and then the other side that has paralysis is where you step in and you stand on that side. Or if you're eating, for example, and you're able to get 50% towards your mouth and then the caregiver helps the rest of the way, then that's going to really, really help that patient rehabilitate and recover and regain that function. However, if you have a progressive condition that won't allow it, so if there is paraplegic, paralysis, muscular sclerosis, a neurological condition where it's progressive, then of course the caregiving looks different. And you know the, the hospital does have the discharge and the training that's in place, but as soon as you leave the hospital, you see a lot of different things that are in home that you may not have known what to ask when you were at the hospital. So sometimes you're just kind of learning as you go. And there, of course, are numbers, you know, that you can call. But if you, from just this podcast alone, as an occupational therapist, I'm just trying to educate families that, you know, there are differences on on that plan of care. And if you can help in the best way you can help your loved one have function and to participate, that's ultimately what you would want them to do. Because you don't want muscle atrophy or you don't want a complete loss of function when you don't allow your loved one to to do movement and to try the best that they can even if it's 10 percent of that task so i guess those are the differences that i kind of wanted to point out from what i see in my field with medicare geriatrics pediatrics and being ot and then just the differences that i've learned with my own loved one of you know what is considered covered for medical and what's not and then, you know, how do you seek out other opportunities or avenues to help you, you know, stay afloat pretty much? Mm-hmm. So is there any other specific questions that you wanted to ask? I think you've, you've covered it all. I thought that was great. I mean, you know, you both have had to, you know, genetic care for your loved one. And that's, you know, taken it's a lot as Heather with her parents, you know, and I think that now as we are facing our seniors living longer, 
and you know it's now come to a lot of families would rather have them at home and care for them you know or some just can't afford to put them in a facility uh and so now we're all at a crossroads a lot of us are at crossroads looking around going now what do we do but having the ability to listen to a podcast like this listen to someone like heather who's doing it you know with both her parents um and how she's kind of navigating that and especially what she does to for some self-love for herself and self self-care and jenna the same thing you're coming you're you know you're letting us giving us the information on what's out there in regards to coverage and insurances and if they happen to have a different kind of policy that'll help maintain or pay for some caregivers to come in you know that's really really important because i know both of you ladies can attest to they get your parents get discharged from the hospital and mm -hmm. then you're just standing there like what's happening yeah. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know right heather I mean, oh yeah <laughs> yeah 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 more than one more than once and so and then you have to go home and figure it out so i really think that that's really important that we really point that out i mean jen i know you had the same thing with your loved one you know you get the plan of care but then like you said you go home and that right. kind of goes out the window sometimes right. you know mm -hmm. yes and i just wanted to kind of emphasize on you know things that i learned along the way when it comes to your family unit um that communication is really key. And I know that beliefs and culture difference or maybe the age difference might be a barrier or a challenge, but you do the best you can with communication, staying in the loop. It doesn't, it, it doesn't harm or hurt if you try to be transparent and honest and say what you can and cannot do, or you know maybe write up a schedule that's visual on a calendar and highlight it with different people or different tasks or explaining, you know, when you have free time or, or when certain times are, you know, this is when I work or this is when I have my self-care. I'm, I'm booking a massage for me. This is me time. I'm allowing myself this hour. Can someone fill in for me? And I just think that works really well. And I'm, I'm speaking from experience that sometimes there were those challenges with me and and my family and sometimes we just have to put that aside and just really come together on the same playing field saying you know we're all in this together we all love each other we're here to help let's just try together communicate and be on the same page and and discuss our schedule because one person is not more important or valuable than the other we all have respectfully our own schedule our own our own roles in life and what's important to us and i think as long as you're able to communicate that we would hope that family would be considerate of that and so that's kind of just what i uh, would like to speak of from my experience <laughs> how about you heather yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think definitely setting good boundaries um, in the home uh, with my children and with my parents. So that's, you know, I I am only one person. As I tell my children multiple times a day, I'm only one person. I can mm -hmm. only move my body in so many different directions at one time. Um, so I think, yeah, being very clear about what you can and cannot do, what time you can do things, what time you can't do things. And then it, it will help with not having those feelings come up of like resentment or burnout, I think, um, because you're, you're guarding your, yourself as well. So mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, 
I agree. And, I, and again, you know, I've seen it in my own family. I see it with Heather and her family, you know, everything and, you know, everything has to be managed and you have to do it to, as, as a team, you know, it takes a village to raise a child when well, now we're taking, we're needing villages to help raise, you know, or take care of family members and right. parents and grandparents, aunts, uncles. And um, I think the one thing that I noticed on my side of my family is that sometimes my loved one didn't want to ask for help yeah. because she felt like she could do it all by herself. Right, yeah. And we could see that that was not true. Yeah. So, you know, once we kind of let her know it's okay to ask for help and we're here, then it was it went a little bit easier. Yeah. So did you have that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I still struggle with that. <laughs> it's not a one-time thing. Yeah. I think uh, we dole out tasks to people and then we slowly take them back mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because maybe we want them done the way that we would do them or... Mm -hmm. You know, maybe mom and dad like it this way and you do it that way. And that's not exactly how they like it. You know, just similar things like that. And and we have to be willing to take the help mm -hmm. um, however it looks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it doesn't always look like how we would do it. So it takes flexibility. I think that's that's a really big word is just being flexible with what that looks like and what the help is going to look like. Right. So, I Yeah, I think that's very well said. You know, sometimes we've all been in that, sh in mm -hmm. those shoes where I don't, I can do it myself. I don't need any help. And then when you're there in the muck and you're like, oh yeah. man, I should have taken that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have taken that oh, help. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, ladies, you guys have been wonderful. Um, I know that the experience that you have had and that, you know, you're going through still, you know, and Heather, it's an everyday thing for you, but yeah. you're doing it with a lot of love and grace and kindness. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say just a little bit on the side here. She's a great daughter-in-law. She does a great job with my grandchildren. They're amazing. And the other thing that I have to say on this um, is that it's really lovely to see that my grandchildren are being raised in a generational home yeah. with their grandparents. And, you know, they're getting that, they're getting to see that. And, you know, that's, that's I think that's beautiful. I think that's wonderful. They're being able to, to see all of that. And, you know, Jenna's done a great job with her loved one and what she's doing now in the community with her therapy, her OT. You know, we are all, you know, God's children and we're all here to take care and help each other. And that's what this is all about. So, um, Heather, if somebody wants to reach out to you to talk to yeah. you about, you know, support group or yeah. have they have any ideas or anything like that, um, how can how can people reach out to you? I'm on Instagram. Um, so Yoga Mama Heather, you can reach me on there. You can just message me or, you know, I post a lot of things about kind of my yoga, but I also post about my life. So feel free to follow and um, hopefully get some inspiration and feel uplifted. Okay. And that's Yoga, Y-O-G-A, Mama, M-O-M-M-A, Heather, H-E-A-T-H-E-R. Mm -hmm. And that's on Instagram. Um, and Jenna, how can people reach you if they need to reach out to you? Well, I wanted to say thank you as well, Heather, because you did an amazing job teaching yoga for what the wellness workshop. And I just wanted to let everyone know that I was able to experience it firsthand. And, um, it was a wonderful experience for me to even, you know, watch it and to be, you know, in the back 
and just soaking up all that amazing energy and that healing that goes on. And so thank you again for that. And um, for caregiving or any advocacy or questions on therapy um, or the, just the process on, you know, you know, maybe the diagnosis and rehabilitation that might be a question you may have, you can look at All Care Anywhere for my Instagram. Or you can also call 800. I should know my number by now. <laughs> I'm having a little <laughs> brain emptiness at the moment. Okay, it's 800-548-0958. That's one of many of my businesses. Sorry for that. So I'll care anywhere. 800-548-0958 or on Instagram at A-L-L-C-A-R-E-A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E. Wonderful. You know, this has been such a great topic that we are talking about today. I love that we're just talking and we're just sitting here having a cup of tea and we're having a good time. Um, thank you again, ladies, for coming on today, for allowing me to interview you. I know there's going to be a lot of people that this is going to resonate with. Um, Heather, of course, I think you're amazing. Mm -hmm. I love you. And Jenna, I think you're amazing. And I love you. And thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you, listeners. And um, Thank you again. Everyone have a blessed day today. Love you. Have a blessed day. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you're also a woman entrepreneur to support our cause and would like to be considered on this podcast, please reach out to us. We would love to connect. We see you. We want to connect, empower, and inspire others. So please call or text or even fax 949-793-8781 or our Instagram is Worthy Wellness Inc. Like I-N-C. Hope to hear from you and thank you for listening.